0: Listen in as we irritate some, inform others, and challenge all leaders to discover a better path to the leadership excellence we all want.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the No More Leadership BS Podcast. I get the honor and joy of hosting this episode. I'm Jeff Geyer from Phoenix Coaching. Golly, I I don't even know where I'm from. How do you... (laughs) There's another episode right there, folks. If you don't know where you're from, how can you figure out where you're going? I don't know. Anyway, Conroy, what'd you put in my coffee this <laughs> morning,
2: buddy? Come on. <laughs> oh, my
3: gosh. This goodness. solo interpretation of who's on first brought to you by
1: this Jeff Geyer, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen.
2: <laughs> That's it. I'm on first. No, I'm not. I'm, I don't
1: know. Uh, boy, the, the last 14 seconds there ought to give people hope that there's the <laughs> too. T- 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 Oh my goodness, I'm here with my very best friends and leadership gurus, Myra Hall, Jeff Geoff McLaughlin, Jeff Conroy, and Dr. Sam Jennings, and we are glad you, listener, are here today. And today we want to talk about what do you do as a leader when things around you seem to be maybe spinning out of control or maybe just you know, just just feels like a whirlwind. However you want to describe it, there's all kind of things happening. There's people coming and going, and employees not happy, and other employees happy, and clients coming and telling you that your product's no good and wanting refunds. And it's just maybe the dog even tried to bite you when you got home last night, and just things are out of control. And I'm here to tell you that we can't control sometimes the things that are happening to us and you've all heard that the only thing we can control is our response to them so when everything seems out of control one thing i do have and in fact it may be part of my superpower packet is that i can control my mindset i can control how i think and react and talk about the things that are happening to me dr sam i want to go to you first how does mindset play a role in leadership?
3: I'm glad you came to me first because I have a brief story, but also I know that Geoff is going to say day drinking. I just want to put that out there right up front. That's not the <laughs> only way to respond. <laughs> he beat me to it, damn it. In my mind, I came up with a phrase. I'm not sure if I've heard it and then recycled it or what. I had a colleague, a direct report, and the work situation was just, it was rough and things were not going smoothly from any angle. And my response was, can't keep it from raining. I can hold the umbrella. My thought process in that moment was, there's a lot going on. What can we do right here to help manage what we can influence? So the mindset is, yeah, it's chaos, but it doesn't have to be everywhere. And the stuff we can influence, let's do if we can't, but out of our mind, pay attention to it, we don't have to worry about it in the same way. Just know where that's taking the path and be mindful. Let's not borrow stress from somebody else's problem. So then we would look at our operation, our team, how can we move forward in a meaningful way with these folks in this moment, regardless of what's happening outside the doors. It was helpful. It wasn't the fix. It was helpful because when there's chaos, there's still chaos. But at least for a while, we could really focus in on how to make meaningful change in the politics that wasn't the greatest.
1: Ooh, that's a good point. The fix, this isn't a one and done kind of thing, right? The Mm -hmm. chaos ebbs and flows. Mr. Conroy, when that chaos is coming or it's there, I don't know if it's human nature, maybe you could talk a little bit about this, that how many times have we thought ourselves or heard people say there is nothing going right? And that probably actually isn't true, is it?
0: Mm, Good, great question. I don't believe it is. So When my youngest daughter was two, she decided to ride our Basset Hound dog. The dog bit her in the face. And Mm. for years, my wife would always say, Jeff can't stand blood. Jeff, Jeff, the whole thing about you're going to break down in a crisis. How is he going to handle crisis? And so I was in a meeting and I got a a message brought into me saying, it just progressed. Your daughter's been bit by the dog. Your wife's taking her to the doctor. And then it says, your wife's taking her to the emergency room. And then your wife's taking her to the hospital and it, the thing just escalated. So it was one of those, just finally said, I got to go. So I ran up to St. Vincent Hospital in in Portland and I could hear her I got off the elevator and I could hear my daughter screaming from the other end of the hallway. It wasn't even in the room. And I walked in and I said, I'm the father of the screaming child. And, and the nurse said, "It only leads you right back there. And it, quite honestly, I went right up to her face and I'm talking to her as they're injecting her with lanocaine in the wounds and things like that. It's that calmness. After it was all said and done and she was all stitched up and we were home, I was shaken. But I think as a leader, when chaos is happening, there needs to be that that calmness, that person that, that needs to, let's keep the eye on the prize. Let's keep the eye on what we're doing and let's keep us focused. Uh, As a leader, I've done that many times. I had a a double homicide happen 50 yards from my office. Staff was losing it. My focus was taking care of the staff. After that happened, I had a couple drinks. (laughs) But for about three days, I made sure therapy services were there. I made sure they had counselors to talk to. I made sure the family of the victim was taken care of. I wanted to make sure everything was taken care of. But on my own, I'm taking care of myself. So that's the stuff that needs to be Done as a leader is be that calm in the whirlwind.
1: Yeah, that that's really good stuff. And my experience on some of that, I think about that the exact same way. And I'm I'm also glad your daughter re- recovered perfectly. I'm not so sure about the basset hound, but. The the daughter's doing great, but I was thinking, it took me a while to learn that, yes, as a leader, my job is to be that stabilizing, one of my jobs is to be that stabilizing force in the workplace and that calmness, Jeff, that you were just talking about. Yeah. But what took me a while to learn is, as a leader, I need somebody I can go to offload some of that because that's a heavy load to carry sometimes. And sometimes it's maybe not that heavy, but you have to carry it for a long time. Yeah. And it took me a while to, to assemble a very small, but very close group of friends and confidants that I could basically just offload to. And it, yep. I, I, found it to be a very, what's the word? Lethargic experience that it cathartic, Cathartic. cathartic. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> lethargic. lethargic. <laughs> I was lethargic.
0: And Jeff, you're right. Cause, cause I, I too have one of those group. We call ourselves the G4 because it sounds better than having beer with the guys on the calendar. But yeah, you have to circle your, and they're all CEOs of nonprofits. And it was, the, you're right. You are a hundred percent. I sat there and teared up and cried and they understood.
1: Right. You, you need Absolutely. that.
0: You need that yeah, group of friends, that understanding friends.
1: Hey, Myra, so I know your experiences has had episodes or seasons in it where the people you were leading and the organizations you were leading had lots of chaos and change and stuff in him as a leader. What kind of approaches or secrets or superpowers did you use to get through some of that stuff?
4: I never felt like I was very in control, or mindset, or like Jeff Conroy said you you keep calm, carry on type of thing. But I was talking to one of the th- my former team members, and we were having lunch actually, and she says. I learned so much from you when you'd sit and talk to somebody on the phone that was upset because you were so smooth and getting them to calm down. And I thought, wow, I don't remember doing that because I remember my heart racing and, but it impressed her. And she said she learned a lot from that, how to deal with people that were upset. And so uh, what I do know is the subject of mindset First came to my attention through a book called Man's Search for Meaning, Victor Frankl. Excellent, excellent book. Because he was living proof that you don't have to sink to your circumstances. They can take away all your freedoms except your mindset. That is yours to set. And when somebody says it was their fault that I feel this way, stop right there. It is never their fault that you've it may be a blameworthy feeling that you're having but you have the power to change that once you grab on to that power your life will change wow
1: grab on to so it is a superpower the it is mindset, a superpower <laughs> how you approach a given situation oh man that's that that gives me goosebumps almost Myra. meaning that that really Myra, all I have to do is change the way I think about something and the outcome will be different?
4: Absolutely. And if you don't believe me, try it. Now, that is a caveat to it is simple, it is not easy. Because right. we've been going through years and years and years of a conditioning to blame others for how we feel, how we handle things. If they hadn't have done this, I wouldn't be here not true you're exactly where you're at because of choices you made if they hadn't done that then you had the choice whatever that was to react or respond and that goes down another whole deep rabbit hole but mindset is you have to practice it and obviously dr stephen covey has a wonderful book
0: (laughs) what's the name of that book myra (laughs)
4: the name of that author again seven hats Yeah, seven habits, and he puts it in a little different language, but it all comes from the early stuff of Frankel and all of those great writers was seek first to understand and then be understood. So pause. Practice the pause. Yes, and it gets easier. Count to 10 was an early version of practice the pause. Turn your back, walk away, and come back in that's another version you do what you have to do to get you out of react and into response you know,
1: yeah good yeah. good stuff i think today's it made me think today yeah it was count to 10 and what you were talking about and now today it's just the saying i need somebody to remind me that hey man it's not all about you princess gotta think about it. so geoff i read a quote in fact, I think I, I posted about it this past week or a couple of weeks ago from a, from an Austrian philosopher. He says that there are three principles in a man's being and life. The principle of thought, the principle of speech, and the principle of action, thoughts, words, and deeds. And he goes on, Martin Buber is his name. And then he said, the right. <laughs> Buber. 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 Yeah. It's B U B E R. <laughs> I guess it's Boober Bobber. Boober Bubber.
2: He you know, said, where, you said it's Uber. Austrian Uber.
1: So his quote goes on to say the origin of all conflict between me and my fellow men is that I do not say what I mean and I do not do what I say. And I th- that really impacted me. And I think it first starts with what I say and do about myself. Is that right?
2: Oh yeah. So your mindset is yours. Like here's the interesting part is that as as scientists progressing, we are able to see what happens in people's brains when they do certain things. But the brain is different than the mind. So the brain is the actual physical computer that you have in your head between your ears, but your mind is your life and your lived experiences that only you have access to. Everybody else around you has their own little mind, which creates this weird you know, dynamic of human beings because we don't know what's going on in somebody else's mind. If you want to do some serious change, you've got to change your own mind first, which is really hard because it's hard to reprogram yourself. Oftentimes you need somebody with an outside perspective to help give you like that literal change in perspective. And honestly, you pick yourself up by your bootstraps or suck it up, buttercup. But a lot of times people's feelings, they're total bullshit and they just need to get, and it's sorry, but it's true. Like, how many times have you been really angry? And then all of a sudden, 20 minutes later, you're like, okay, I'm better now, I got better. Or you're really happy and you're like, great, this is great. And then all of a sudden you're like, you bought the car and then you come back and you're like, why did I buy the car, oh my gosh. Your feelings are total BS. It's, you should never make a decision based on feelings because that will only lead to like regret. You're gonna be like, I made a decision when I was angry. I made a decision when I was happy. Now I've got buyer's remorse or I really screwed up and I have to apologize to somebody I love and care. about. Yeah. So that wherewithal, the ability to recognize, I'm feeling a very strong emotion right now. I should just stop and breathe. Like just that right there is a game changer. Stop and just breathe. Just be in the moment, feel your feelings. That's totally fine. You have a right to your feelings, but understand that your feelings are going to change. And the decision that you have to make, especially if you're a leader of an organization and you're in chaos or crisis is, those are big decisions that affect not just you, but your entire team. And so if you just take a moment and breathe, it allows you to get a different perspective. Sometimes it's literally just that breath that you can take if it's like Fox breathing from the Navy Seals, or if it's Wim Hof breathing, or if it's literally just taking just a couple of seconds to take a really deep breath, it will make a difference in your life because you then get this just the moment to pause because oftentimes, how many times your daughter's getting bit in the face? I've been in car accidents where I was the first car that showed up and you have to go, holy crap, there's been an accident. What do you do? First thing you do is stop. You stop what you're doing and you analyze, you go, what's happening? What needs to happen? and you literally take a breath even if you notice ever like emergency services when they show up at a car accident the first thing they do is stop and look around they need to make sure that nothing's going to happen oh is there a live wire on the ground okay we can't get there because that could mean we're going to be out of commission and we can't handle, we can't save anybody if we can't save ourselves so stop and breathe and then analyze what needs to happen. And if you can't do that, if you can't, if you're like, I'm breathing and I'm hyperventilating, you need somebody to give you a paper bag to breathe into. Yep. yep. That's the advantage of having a coach, a different perspective. You, the G4, you have these people that can support you with an outside version. Like, an, hey, what's going well? Everything's a total mess right now. It's a fecal fest, but what is going well? Yep. Just that, And sometimes that's all it takes is that one little person that goes, you're really upset right now. And I understand that. And uh, you can have your feelings. And now you need to get over it and start doing the stuff. Let's go.
0: Yeah. You got to take care of the task at hand. Yeah. And if you're in a leadership position, that's the expectation, isn't it?
2: Not that you're always going to be right. No, but that you are going to take action. And sometimes oh. you have to apologize for the action you take. And sometimes you're like, Hey, we just made an extra $10 billion. It was a good yeah. week. Yeah. But I've also seen
0: leaders take panic and turn the thing into a shit show. Yeah. And, ha- and have non-leader... Designated leaders rise to the occasion. Yeah. So interesting.
1: I was going to, I was going to say, yeah, what you just said there. Yeah. As a leader, yeah, one of my, one of my jobs is to make the decisions and maybe calm that storm a little bit. But in a larger picture or a larger time, frame, my jobs to teach people all the, all the skills that McLaughlin was just talking about to teach. People these coping skills and to train other leaders. That's Dr. Sam, that's your thing. Leaders leading leaders. That's part of our job as a leader to teach people how to cope in these situations, whether they have the title or not.
3: And the point that we've all made in different capacities so far, I think, is there's nobody suggesting that we don't get to have emotion. If things right. go poorly, yeah, be angry, be frustrated, be sad, all that works. And also, what can you do? Right. And there, are, there is, there is actually you can take not instead of being upset, have the upset and then move beyond it. So sometimes with my clients, they may say, Oh my gosh, rap week, everything went haywire. My staff is unhappy with the way things are going. I'm not sure what I can do. And my reactions typically, that sounds like a lot. Let's dive in when you're ready. And also while you think about that. What's one thing that went right yeah. this week? Which is any one thing. Yeah. And typically, you know, I'm not trying to use a little verbal judo and make believe that the bad thing wasn't there. But typically when they describe the good thing, it tends to override and reframe bad stuff. And they go, okay, yeah, it was bad. And I was frustrated, but it wasn't that bad. And now I look at it and I think, they did better than I thought they did or my reaction was not as poor as I thought that it was. So they just re reimagine. Go okay, it wasn't as bad as my emotions let me think it was. And so it's again, it's not trying to push it away. It's just reorganize your thoughts around the matter, and that helps move forward in a meaningful way.
1: Wow, that that is really good stuff. Boy, this episode's been packed full of tricks. They're really not tricks. They're tips and things that that we all can do and all have done. In fact, this the stuff that you just laid out, Sam, and the stuff that Geoff laid out on how to to get your mindset to be in a place that will help you move forward, to help you win, to help you attain the goals that that you're working towards. That's really good stuff. And coincidentally, this episode has been brought to you by the No More Leadership BS team. I don't know. We're the G5, I guess, Conroy, huh? Not the, G- yeah, yeah. the G4.
4: <laughs> and hey- The BS5. The BS five, there
0: we go. That's more more appropriate.
1: The (laughs) no more BS five. We're giving it to you straight today, folks. Hey, I see by the Mickey's hand on the wall here that we are out of time for this episode. So if you have found that this has been helpful, we'd really like to know, right? Sometimes podcasts, we just put out this great content and this great information in today's episode things that you can actually do to help you and we never hear from people about wow did that work we know it's going to work if you do it but it sure be great to hear from you so reach out to us we're all over social media at no more leadership bs you can email us that's old school anymore we don't have a fax machine but you can email ask us at no more see i don't even know it's so old school ask us at leadershipbs.co. there we go Ask yeah. us at leadershipbs.co. So, for Miss Myra Hall, for Jeff Geoff McLaughlin, Jeff Conroy, and Dr. Sam Jennings, I'm Jeff Geyer. Have a great day. Implement the stuff we've been talking about and let us know how it's turning out. We love you. We'll see you again next week on another great episode. So long, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.